Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. So here are 10 big ideas that I believe are being taught by Jesus through the parable of the sower. Number one, we must learn to sow seed into unpromising places. And the growth in those places will not be based on our merit, but rather upon God's supernatural work. So too often when we think about our life, we calculate the return on investment when we invest into people or when we help other people or when we are trying to figure out whether the amount of sacrifice or the time or the talent or the resources that we are dispensing towards some sort of ministry or work is actually worth it. So I believe that the parable of the sower teaches us that we must sow seed into unpromising places because the work is going to have a supernatural effect, not because of how well we did, but how Jesus is going to do something through that work when we were being faithful. Number two, if you noticed in your life, Jesus appears to us just enough to make faith possible, but only enough to make faith necessary. Think of the last time that God answered a prayer that you had. Didn't it feel amazing at that particular moment when you got that text message or you got that email or you got that phone call or you got that message or somebody came to you and gave you the news about the fact that whatever you were praying on on or praying for, it came through exactly the way in which you were praying about. Didn't it feel amazing? Didn't it feel awesome? And I like to think of it that God very often comes through at the buzzer when the resources are scarce, when your energy is depleted, when the horizon seems extremely bleak, and when all hope is lost, something happens, and God loves doing that. And the reason God does that is because he appears to us just enough to make faith possible, but only enough to make faith necessary, which means that he shows up and he shows off and he shows us to us, shows himself to us just enough. So we say, yes, faith is possible. This is true. God is alive. God God is the one that all of his promises do come true. But at the same time, he comes through only enough to make faith necessary. And that's ultimately how you and I learn to rely on him and to depend on him. The third thing that this parable teaches us is that there's the difference between the seed that was lost and the seed that produced faith fruit and the difference was hearing in faith. So there was seed that was lost and there was seed that produced faith and the difference between the two is hearing in faith. I want you to think about that term for a moment, hearing in faith. It's when you listen to a truth or you're reading the Bible or somebody's speaking into your life and you have not yet quite seen what is going to come true, or you haven't yet seen what that person is saying, but yet you're hearing it in 
faith. You're not yet in that harvest, but you're already living as if it already happened. You haven't yet fully experienced your calling, but you're living as if it happened. This is what it means to live and to hear in faith. So when I listen to a message or when I read the word or I listen to something encouraging, when somebody says to me that God loves you and that your performance for God does not determine God's love for you, for me at that moment, it might be hard to believe in that, but I hear that in faith. I download it and I allow that truth to be deeply lodged within my heart. So we must learn to hear in faith. So the next time you're listening to the word of God, the next time that you're going through a difficult moment or through anxiety or frustration, when we think of these verses such as Philippians 4, 6 about do not be anxious about anything, even though we have everything to be anxious about at that particular moment, we hear that word and that verse in faith and we say, even though there's a ton of anxiety here, I'm going to get through this. So very often, God doesn't want to take you out of the anxiety. God wants to take the anxiety out of you. So the fourth thing that this parable teaches us is that just like the seeds in the parable, faith is dynamic. Faith is not static. Faith is something that needs to be exercised. Faith is matured by hearing, receiving, and bearing fruit. If you're not doing that with your faith, your faith is going to be withering, decaying, and dying. This is what I love about faith. It's a constant relationship with Jesus. It's every day waking up and taking a step of faith because if you knew everything already, you wouldn't need faith. You wouldn't need Jesus. This is why often I'm okay with not knowing the future. I'm okay with not knowing what the next week was going to bring because the less I know about the future, the more I depend on the one who controls that future. And so This is a different way of looking at it. And so your faith is uh, dynamic. It's not static. And so if you're somebody listening, you're like, I want my faith to mature. I want my faith to, um, to to experience growth. Then you must not only hear the word of God, but you must heed it. You must follow it. You must listen to it. You must obey it. You must submit it. And I believe that Jesus gives people who are submitting to his word the greatest types of revelations. So when I believe, I hear it, I believe it, I do it, I accomplish it, I activate it, my faith becomes mature, my faith is able to withstand any trials, and I know that God is with me and that God is for me. The fifth thing that this particular parable is teaching us is that there can be a great harvest in your life if you only hear and heed the word. I meet so many people often and they say, you know what? I'm not experiencing that breakthrough that God promised me, or it seems like I'm doing everything right, but the wrong result is being produced. Well, my encouragement to you is that maybe you're not listening to the word of God. And I love the quote that I heard once. And this person said that communication is ultimately an illusion if it never took place. We often have this illusion that communication actually took place. And if you ever, um, if you've ever tried to speak with somebody or to have a conversation with somebody who's like on their phone or scrolling through social media, you know how frustrating that can be. 
So the person is physically present, but mentally they are absent. It's like you're speaking to a ghost. It's in one ear and out the other. So when we talk about this parable, um, that there can be a great harvest in your life if you only hear and heed the word. And so when you think about when Jesus named all of his disciples and Jesus called Peter the rock and Peter was anything but stable, Peter was incredibly unstable, Peter was incredibly rogue, Peter was somebody who was incredibly unstable and a crazy temperament, yet God called him the rock. And so why did he do that? Jesus called him that. Why? Because Jesus calls you something long before you become it. So you must believe what you have been called today in order to face what you're going to go through tomorrow. The sixth thing I want to share with you is this, that the kingdom of God will continue to flourish regardless of opposition or rejection. We often think, well, we're sowing all these seeds. We're trying to hear the word of God and we're trying to share it with other people or we're trying to be nice to our coworkers or we're trying to be nice to our spouse or we're trying to love our neighbor or we're trying to be great community uh, leaders and influencers. And we think, well, I don't see a result being produced. Well, we have to understand that God's work is often invisible. God's work is often unable to unable to be observed by the human eye, but God is always at work in the background. And so even in this parable, we see that the kingdom of God goes forth and produces seed even in the most unpromising of places. And it's going to happen the same way in your life. I have a friend that I've been inviting to church for many, many years, and some people call me crazy. They're like, why do you keep texting this guy? I'm going to tell you why. I keep texting him because on the third or fourth or fifth year, he's going to respond to me, and he's going to say, yes, I want to come to church. He's going to hear the gospel message. He's going to repent and come to Jesus Christ, and he's going to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior, and on that day, Oh, my friends, I hope you're going to be at our church on that day because I'm going to probably preach the fire message of my life. And I'm going to say, Mark 4, it comes true because I was sowing seed into unpromising places and God is in the resurrection business. So let's continue. Number seven thing that I want us to pay attention to in this particular parable is that the farmer who was sowing, he was so intent on seeing a harvest that he sowed into every corner of the field. So my question I want to ask to you is this, where in your life are those unpromising places where you stopped sowing, where you've stopped paying attention to it, where you are neglecting that area of the field? Maybe the very place you are neglecting, maybe the very place where you do not want to go, maybe the very person you don't want to talk to, maybe the very group you feel like this is not the place for you, that is the exact place that God wants you to go to because this farmer was so intent on seeing a harvest that he sowed in every corner of the field and we should do the same in our life. 
The eighth thing I want to share with you is that often in our life, God's work is hidden and unobserved, but in due time, it will yield a great harvest disproportionate to human efforts. So do not grow weary in doing good because God will give the growth in the appropriate time. Number nine, despite disappointing and discouraging odds that are stacked against you, the harvest God will bring about will be beyond anything you've ever experienced. I love when the odds are stacked against me because that means that I can lean into God more and I can trust him more. And often that happens in your life and in my life. Sure, it's not easy. Sure, it might be difficult. You're going to get anxious. You're going to get frustrated. But this is another opportunity for you to lean into Jesus because who you're becoming is more important than what you're doing, even more important than what you're achieving or what you're accomplishing because God ultimately cares about who you're becoming. In Christ, you are a new creation, and our goal is to become more like Christ every single day. The tenth thing I want to mention to you is that the harvest you're desperately looking to experience is not somewhere out there, but it's actually first in your heart, and that's where the real work must take place. So too often, people want a humongous harvest. They want to experience great results right away, but my question is, are you equipped to experience the harvest that God is getting ready for you? What we need to understand is that the harvest is not the end of the work. It's actually beginning of the real work. If you've ever been to a real harvest, maybe you grew up on a farm, you know that it's it's difficult work. It's a lot of uh, manual labor. And so when the harvest comes, you must be equipped. Therefore, start first with yourself. And maybe that harvest that God wants to produce great results in is your heart and yourself first. Focus on that and then God will work through you, which brings me to my last um, point. This is actually a bonus point, I want to say, that before God will do a great deep work through you, he wants to first do a, a great deep work in you. God wants to work in you. He wants to shape you. He wants to mold you. He wants to equip you. He wants to create a work in you so that then he can do a great work through you. So go out there, love Jesus, love people, and be amazing. I believe in you. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.